This is Rick Chafee with Ask the Masters. We are doing another one of our deep dive, multi-segment uh, breakdowns of a pool construction project. We're gonna do this with some of our more complex type projects. This one is actually one of Dave Penton's projects. I was lucky enough to see it in the middle of construction. Um, we've got a, an out, a typical pool, but it's got a awesome aquamatic retractable cover system on it. And then we actually have a more even cooler spa that has a movable floor system in it. Um, and then add to the technicality of the whole project, the spas over the top of the equipment room and the surge tanks underneath. So it's uh, quite a technical challenge for the project. So I want to introduce everybody that's on the call. I've got Tom Dankel with Aquamatic. Um, he's going to be able to speak to us and cover some of the stuff on the covers. I've got Jim Farrell with Twinscape Hydrofloor, and we're going to, he's going to go through what we've did on this spa. We can obviously do this on just about any scale. We've worked with Jim on a number of projects, so from large pools to small spas and, and any kind of in-between. One thing we want to do with everybody, we're, we, we do also get these published on YouTube eventually for everybody. So anybody that's on the call currently, you guys are going to be able to um, go into your question and answer area and you can send messages. I'm going to moderate the, pro the uh, program so I can kind of filter those out and bring those up to speed to Dave. So don't be afraid to um, send us any text message or, or uh, messages through that system and I'll make sure that if they're appropriate, we'll get them answered. Um, the other thing we want to make sure everybody does when you go to our YouTube channel, make sure you like it and subscribe to it. Um, YouTube watches how much that gets done and gives us extra credit basically for putting all this hard work in. And as we build up that uh, audience over time as well, if you become a subscriber, as soon as there is a new video or anything new to the channel, um, it, it'll just send you an email. Other than that, you don't get any other paraphernalia. So without any further ado, um, let's get Dave Penton to start talking about his little killer project here in Southern Cal. Yeah, thanks, Rick, um, and super excited. Uh, you know, we've we've profiled this a little bit before, but never uh, at the depth um, that we're going to get into today. Uh, and so, I'm really, really excited to have both Jim and Tom here with me. Um, so, uh, and and for those of you uh, thinking, well, how, how about how how can you talk? you know, interesting stuff about a pool cover. Um, we use the lift lid on this job. And so it, it solves a bunch of problems. So I'm really looking forward to, to kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, getting into that and, uh, and talking about that a little bit more. So um, projects in, in uh, Brentwood, California, and um, we were actually not brought in uh, at the beginning. So uh, here's the spa. Um, it's out, they have a, a beautiful hillside off the back. Um, and you can you know, seem to be stuck here. Um, so uh, you can see they're, they're looking out on the hills. This is the project completely done. Uh, this, this project was done in two phases. So uh, initially there was a pool here and um, when we came in, well, let me talk about uh, some of the players here. Um, so uh, this was designed, Allison Terry out of Terry Design Group. Um, she's here in Southern California. We do a ton of work with her. Um, I've been working with her for probably 10 or 12 years now, and uh, we do a lot of design collaboration. This was a real, uh, a, a real collaborative effort um, between Allison, myself, uh, another architect, Corey, um, Corey Rupert, and then uh, Jimmy Reed from rock solid tile. Uh, Jimmy was an integral part of actually the whole design and implementation of this. Uh, and Jimmy was the client that uh, was, was the one who actually got the first call. So this is what Jimmy walked into, um, kind of a nondescript pool, um, you know, similar location. Uh, this pool, we ended up taking all the way out. Um, but what you can't see here is uh, they had already started demoing this job and there was a big like water feature wall here uh, that stood up about five, six feet that really kind of just stood right in the way of the views out the back. And so the client was really wanted to get rid of that, wanted to update the pool. Uh, and so, uh, they had already contracted with a pool builder, um, taken the coping off, started doing some of the demo around the yard, um, uh, taking the tile off. They were getting ready to, to uh, strip the plaster and the client always knew that he wanted to have an all tile pool. So um, the, the reality is, is that um, he was very unimpressed with the pool builder 
that came in um, uh, because you can see down here in the lower right, this was the actual tile that they, um, that the pool builder had recommended, <coughs> excuse me, that the pool builder had recommended for this job. And um, it's, it, this is a uh, $18 million home in Brentwood. Uh, it was uh, designed by a, a very famous interior designer. Um, and, and the house is done to the nines. I mean, it is beautiful inside and out. Uh, it's very um, Moore-ish details, uh, a lot of uh, metal, a lot of wood. Um, so just a very, very um, uniform uh, construction style all throughout the entire property. And so when Jimmy was brought in and saw that this was the tile that was going to be chosen, um, because the, the, um, the client called Jimmy and said, Hey, we're going to do all tile. Um, you know, come on out. Here's the tile. Uh, let me know your thoughts and when can you get started? So, um, obviously that was kind of the beginning of a conversation, uh, that, that really started and lasted for a year really until, um, until we jumped into the actual construction of everything. So um, you can tell, I mean, this house is, is everything about this, every detail about this house is done uh, and, and done with a design theme. Um, here is the back porch and Jimmy and Allison spent a long time trying to find the tile. Um, and uh, through all of their contacts, uh, it turned out that this tile was no longer available. So uh, that became a challenge, um, but uh, as you'll see, the, the tile that we ended up putting in the pool and the spa um, was handmade. Uh, and so it was hand-painted uh, as, as a, a really close variation to this, but even when you're on site, you can't tell that they're, that they're not the same. So this was the inspiration for the materials. And this, uh, there's patios all around this house uh, in the front. So this tile was all throughout the property. Um, and so that was, that was kind of the, 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 the direction that they decided to go with everything to, to create the pool uh, as a real, uh, just an extension of the house, not a standalone entity with a, you know, a, a cheap blue porcelain tile. So this is actually about a year later. Um, and like I said at the beginning, we were not actually contracted um, to do the construction. Um, we were brought in to do some consulting at the very beginning and uh, kind of help the process through. Um, and we do that with Allison Terry a lot. Uh, so we, uh, she will bounce ideas off of us. We will develop some shop drawings and we will um, kind of help her design the pool and that so that it's going to be functional and everything is going to um, work okay. So um, the other contractor had already started the demo. Um, and you'll see here, we, we don't really understand. We never got a clear reason why he dug the pool all the way out and, and why he over excavated. Uh, soils guy was not sure. Uh, so this actually became um, uh, just a, a bit of a challenge. Um, so the, this is actually a little bit before the tent uh, photo that you see. Um, there used to be a retaining wall right here. Uh, and so initially um, it was just, they were going to put a new pool in. And then um, the, as, the, as the project kind of morphed into different ideas, um, the client has older parents, uh, actually just a dad, uh, his mom had passed away already. Uh, and so they were gonna build at, on the other side of this retaining wall, just a, a mother-in-law's quarters for his dad um, with a bathroom and a small, uh, basically like a little studio um, because uh, this hillside goes down, <coughs> excuse me, goes down quite a bit. Um, so um, the, the retaining wall eventually came out uh, in order to extend the pool. Uh, but one of the challenges on this job was that uh, right here at the back fence, uh, and that comes across at the retaining wall here, that was the limit of where the city would allow you to put um, the pool. Uh, and so they wanted to push the pool out as far as they could. 
put an infinity edge detail there and and allow for the the, the sight lines to continue. So one of the iterations had um, kind of a raised infinity edge across the back to draw your eye out onto the hillside. So um, then the the building came in and uh, and uh, and the retaining wall came down. That'll come into play a lot later, uh, but I wanted to kind of bring that up. So. Um, the project sat for like a year. Um, we never also figured that out. Um, it, it sat with that tent over it. That photo that I took with the tent was, I think, December around Christmas time. And then we came back as we were finalizing the design for everything um, in early May and literally nothing had been done. So the client was getting real frustrated with the, with the contractor and asked me if I would be willing to, uh, to mobilize and, and, and take over the job, and, and for sure I would. So here is the, the, where the cut should have been. Uh, so this white line indicates uh, that's the, the bottom of our excavation um, where our shotcrete uh, is going to be. Uh, and all the way over here on the, on the far left at the shallow end, we're about four, four and a half feet deeper than where we needed to be. So um, we brought the soils uh, engineer out. He certified that everything was okay. Um, uh, but down here in the bottom photo, um, since we were getting close to the hillside here, um, they wanted us to add uh, this kind of terraced keyway to hold the pool uh, and, and to kind of lock it into the slope. Uh, so this keyway dropped down, uh, I think about 42 inches, um, and that all got steeled and, and filled in. Uh, but you can see in this bottom photo, um, the engineer uh, that we worked with this job on uh, does a lot of uh, structural pools here in LA. He's very um, conservative to say the least. Uh, so we knew we were gonna do a slurry uh, pour to bring the elevation up. Uh, but even at that, he wanted us to uh, run steel. Uh, and so we had to run um, number fours, 24 inches on center both ways. He did, you know, he did let us go to 24 inches on center. Uh, but then as you can see here, we've got about 120 yards of slurry in here. Uh, but he wanted that slurry to be pinned into the bottom of the floor. So um, we brought the steel guy out. What you'll also notice about this picture is there had been a bunch of form boards and everything along the side here from the previous contractor. There was just never any thought uh, as to how those boards were gonna get pulled out. Um, he had actually had a, uh, a cantilever detail um, uh, where, where I'll show you later um, where the uh, the deck of the pool actually became part of the structure of the uh, uh, the deck surrounding the pool. Um, we poured an extended bond beam on it so that uh, we didn't have to have a deco seal joint. Uh, <coughs> and he had all of that built into the formwork and then right up against the dirt. And we looked at it and there was no good way that they were going to actually be able to pull that form once they poured the shotcrete. So um, we start, we came in, pulled all the form work out and uh, uh, came back in and, and did good solid form work too. Uh, the other form work was really pretty flimsy. Uh, it wasn't square, it wasn't plumb. So um, came in, uh, redid all of the forming. Um, we, we weren't exactly sure where the pool equipment was going at this point um, because the, the client gave us the okay to go ahead on a Thursday. And um, this was the following Friday. Uh, so we mobilized very, very quickly. They were still finishing up some of the details about where the equipment was going. So all we did was short plumb the pool. Um, so. Uh, and, and that gave us some freedom to, to be finalizing the design, uh, and it allowed us to move very, very quickly as well. Um, one of the challenges was that uh, the, the, client, uh, the, the architect wanted this vanishing edge detail coming off the back, and so this is looking uh, back towards the pool, um, and, and she wanted a, a spillover detail along the back with these recesses. 
and um, there was no, you know, we're, we're down below grade here. So the formula on this backside got really pretty robust. Um, we didn't actually get a formal engineering plan um, uh, for all of this because it's not, you'll see, um, yeah, you'll see here in this next slide, there's not a lot of weight of concrete there, uh, but we did have the structural engineer come out and observe it. And he had us, let me go back up here. He had, had us add a little bit more bracing underneath here uh, just to make sure that everything was okay um, after we poured. But like I said, it's not, it wasn't very thick. This was kind of a, um, uh, a catch basin. Uh, but it wasn't a vanishing edge base, and this would not be large enough. Um, uh, and, and we didn't want to have a, a deep vanishing edge basin along the back here because um, by this point, we knew that uh, we were building a spa out in this area in the future, uh, even though the city said we couldn't. Um, so this is just going to end up as an intermediate catch basin. Um, our drain lines are coming out the bottom here. We brought these out the side and did kind of an inverted trap detail. Um, and then in this area was where we knew we were gonna have the, the future surge tank. So um, in the short term, um, when, we, when we filled this pool, um, the, we had uh, just uh, cheap acrylic panels, not even like something that like formal. We just um, went to the hardware store and got some acrylic panels um, and, and just silicone them across all of these edge details. And then we also held the water down. Um, sorry, we held the water level down during that first year until we had the everything done at the rear and, and started running the infinity edge detail. So um, if some of you sat in on uh, Tom's um, uh, discussion last week on WU, uh, Tom talked about um, how uh, when you're doing a pool cover, it's much easier to have the, uh, the track detail cut into the shotcrete. This was the best photo I could find. I wish I had a better photo, but you can kind of make it out here. And so um, this track detail, we actually cut them uh, two inches down and four inches back, um, which is more than what you need. But we always come back in, and especially this is an all-tile pool, we floated that perfectly flat. We, it gave us a little bit of, of meat to our float there and then ran all of the waterproofing. So um, I get questions about this detail all the time. Um, the This is our uh, extended deck detail. Uh, and so the, the, the engineer, uh, as we go down here, um, so here was the, the, the wall of the pool itself. And then the engineer just uh, had us run um, number three bars at 12 inches. We actually upgraded them to number four, uh, just because I don't like number threes on anything. But um, number three bars, uh, and he gave us a 26 inch maximum. Uh, and so that allowed us to run um, a, uh, an extended detail without having to have your typical mastic joint right here uh, because the client wanted to have grass. Uh, this is this was just kind of schematic um, showing where if we were going to have an expansion joint where that needed to be uh, but the client wanted to run grass around here and so um, so uh, and and I'm going to skip around a little bit and kind of back and forth um, just because I'm, I'm telling stories about how the stuff uh, this stuff went in. So it's not totally chronological, um, but you can see here, um, you know, now we have the extended area all poured. Here's some more views of the, uh, of the extended dowels. Uh, uh, we bent all of this down and uh, tied more steel, <coughs> tied, uh, tied more number four bars. Uh, and you can see here's after we poured it and, and stripped the forms. So you've got this cantilevered edge that is actually structurally a part of the pool shell. And so now when we go to the next photo here, the whole concept uh, behind this was because 
when you're doing a pool cover, um, you have to have vaults and the vaults have to extend past your typical bond beam shell of the pool. And so as we extended those vaults out on either side, um, we didn't want to have to have a bump in the finishes. Uh, and, and so uh, we poured this extended beam detail on here so that the coping and, and we could have one line of coping, client could run grass all the way up to here and there wouldn't be any there wouldn't be any any change of form and we would still be we still have enough vault detail for the pool cover itself. So um, this was an all tile pool and uh, you know we, we, we showed the the tile materials by this point we knew what the actual material sizes were going to be and everything. Um, this is just after we shot. Uh, you can see some of the chipping marks here. Um, Jimmy's guys came in and, and started running their float sticks. We actually, um, the, uh, we didn't wire these walls. Normally we'll wire everything, but we didn't on this one. And uh, this section of wall ended up being about a half an inch fat. Uh, so all we did is we came in and uh, took about three quarters uh, to an inch off of here, uh, just chipped it off for them. And then Jimmy's guys came back in and floated it completely flat. Because uh, with all tile pools, um, especially with larger format, everything needs to be perfectly plumb, level, and, and the whole shot. So uh, here's Jimmy uh, starting to do some of the layout. <coughs> and again, you can see we have some of the material here. Um, and what we actually discovered was that the, uh, the architect had miscalculated the step detail and, and the actual size that the step treads needed to be based on the patterns. And so uh, there was not really a good way, a good solution um, to this. So uh, we ended up extending the staircase just a little bit. So not very much. And uh, I think we went uh, two inches on this one and four inches on the bottom one. Um, and, and I do get questions about this pretty regularly because how can we do this? We do not have uh, steel, we don't have enough clearance um, uh, in this area. So what we do when, um, when we don't have enough clearance, we use stainless steel all thread. Um, and so this was all doweled in place. Um, we had uh, the, the doweling inspector come out, uh, certify all of this. We had the engineers look at it and, and give us a detail on this. Um, and then we just used, uh, we didn't have um, stainless tie wire uh, and we couldn't get it in. Uh, so we just zip tied these together. Um, uh, and, and that's important so that we got the bonding and we made sure you can kind of see where it's uh, over here, where it's kind of open a little bit, um, where you can see a patch. Uh, that was where we chipped back, found a piece of rebar, um, tied in uh, so that we had bonding um, uh, between this and the existing rebar. Um, Jimmy came in uh, and scratch coated everything so that we got a mechanical bond. And then uh, just before we poured, literally the morning that we poured, we came in there and we did a, uh, a slurry wet set um, with a, a Laticrete 254, uh, but just you can use any sort of a high quality um, thin set uh, to act basically as a uh, as a glue. Um, so we had we we brushed that on, um, and while that was still wet, we poured and vibrated everything in here uh, in order to get the detail where we needed it to be. Um, I put these two pictures in here just to uh, just to kind of let everybody know. Um, you know, there's always questions. We get it pretty regularly from uh, clients when they they say, "Oh yeah, we want an all tile pool," and then they get the price, and it's like, "Oh my goodness, uh, why is it so expensive?" Um, these photos kind of tell the story. Um, so. Whenever you shot create a pool, things move. Um, concrete's heavy. Um, you know, there's only so much bracing that you can do for your penetrations, for your light niches, for all of that. And stuff is going to move. Um, you know, we, we do a really good job and we really spend a lot of time uh, tie wiring all of our plumbing lines and everything in to make sure that they, that we minimize movement. But it still moves. I mean, that's just the nature of concrete. Uh, and so um, this, 
really tells the story of how critical um, your horizontal line work becomes in all tile pools. So this is my guys um, after Shotcrete. Uh, they're working alongside uh, the tile crew um, and we pull string lines and we come in and we know um, that probably 20 to 25 percent of our fittings are going to have moved a little bit. And so we just budget that right in that if we're doing an all tile pool, we will be chipping, we will be, um, you know, moving some of these fittings up, you know, that one's probably pretty good there, but you can see we've got a much bigger hole here. So we had to do some sort of a movement in there, uh, getting our light niches all perfectly plumb and square uh, and, and aligned with the tile line um, is critical. So if you, <laughs> if you're going to be embarking on an all tile pool, those are some of the things that, that do come up and, and, you know, with the client, with the bandwidth to be able to afford, uh, you know, a two or $300,000 finish on their pool, those kind of clients have very high expectations. And so these are some of the things that, uh, that obviously raise the price, but it's also, uh, if you're going to go down this road, um, you need to know that most of these clients will have those expectations. So um, getting closer to the finishes here, uh, you can see how critical that staircase detail was with the, uh, with the little nose tile piece on there. Um, so had we tried to you know, shave some of the tile and that, it just would not have worked right. Um, so uh, kind of the fruits of the labor. Uh, and then even here, um, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't have time to profile it in here, um, but when we actually received this tile, uh, the wall tile, it actually came back slightly smaller than um, what it had been specced. And there's quite a bit of this. Uh, we were not gonna send it back because timing wise, it just didn't work. And so um, uh, we ended up working with Jimmy and I think we had to bring this floor up about three and a half inches. Uh, <coughs> So um, we brought that up during one of our pours, very similar uh, situation to here, how we, um, you know, we wet set everything down and made sure that we had a good bond coat uh, so that we had full tiles all the way down to the floor. Um, Dave, Dave just, I don't think you can emphasize that enough when we, when we get into tile type pools. Um, when you put a perfectly square grid of any sort, especially in mosaics um, on a floor and you start working with patterns, um, you know, Jimmy Reed even just pointed out on the on the chat side. It, it is it's so imperative to work all these layouts out. You look how much extra work. Dave just spent 15 minutes talking about three weeks of extra work, probably, to correct some issues because we didn't have finished materials early enough and and have all those details worked out. And 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 you're you know you're looking for multiple things. One, you obviously the cost of having to try to refigure these things out, but more importantly, the 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 fact that you could have compromised some of the construction methods because now you're doing repair versus starting from from where you want to be so when you get into a project of this sort you want your tile guys involved early you want your designers involved early and get all these materials figured out because they can be you know a big heavy pattern like this pool has would look terrible if there's a slice down one of the walls and we can't center the pattern so um, it, it, we, you know, there's extra weeks of time prepping this pool and modifying it so it would fit materials that they didn't know they were going to use. So think about that early on when you start bringing your team together on a project of this sort, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, uh, the, the wall pattern and everything, you know, I mean, that was kind of just inevitable. It, it just, it, it was what it was. And then we had to, you know, kind of shift on the fly because this client was, uh, um, very go 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 uh, please finish you know he did not um he's he's uh, he, he, probably one of the best clients i've ever worked with um uh, but he's uh, he he's he's creative and and somewhat add and wants things yesterday um and so there was there was a big push to keep everything moving all the time and so um you know we we, we probably moved quicker than we would have liked uh, but we were able to um, make the adjustments and and the client understood that and was very good about accommodating change orders and extra charges and that um so this is a detail that <clears throat> that we do a lot in our all tile pools. Um, Jimmy is a master at, at these. Um, so this is actually our suction drain cover. Uh, and it's, it's big. I think this is um, 
four feet, four feet six maybe. Um, it's a big, heavy piece. Um, now, before you go out and just say, oh, cool, this is a great idea, I'm just going to build one. Um, we worked with Watershape Consulting. Watershape Consulting was uh, from the beginning, they were doing all the hydraulic design with us. And um, they actually will go in and calculate these out for us. And so we pay uh, that office, um, we tell them uh, what the pump sizes are, what our plumbing sizes are, all of those details. They knew it on this one because they did uh, the mechanical design here. Um, and then they calculate out the minimum size this opening needs to be, the minimum length it needs to be, uh, and then it's a bit of a back and forth. Jimmy comes back and says, okay, I need a, you know, I, I, can we do it narrower, narrower, uh, and, and make it a little bit longer because it's so critical to have uh, this joint right here. That's kind of the critical joint right there. Um, and then all of these, everything within um, this particular one, all of these tiles are cut down so that all of your grout joints, all of the patterns still align. Uh, I think I have a finished photo in here later. Um, it really goes away and it just, it's a nice finishing touch. Uh, but by the time you have engineering and fabrication and then Jimmy doing all of his custom work on here, it's probably a seven or an $8,000 cover. So, um, you know, again, if you're, uh, if you love the detail and that, um, don't think you're just going to absorb this. This is, uh, and, and that's not, that's not what we sold it for. This is, uh, that's probably about what it costs uh, in, in real dollars to get this in here. Um, so uh, getting close to wrapping up here, uh, you can see the drain cover on the side there. Um, I didn't grab a picture. We have a really cool um, uh, Jimmy developed a, a little swing open door for the pool vac on this one, um, which is really, really cool. Just a nice another finishing touch for this. Um, Dave, before you get off the tile complications yeah. and in details, one of the things Jimmy brought up as well is when you started getting into light elevations and pipe elevations, again, think about a normal pool, we've got a plaster finish or a pebble finish. And, and if you're off by even half an inch, an inch or two, you wouldn't recognize it. We're, we're literally going to put lines across the center of this pool. And if it's a heavy pattern system, everything stands out. And so one, a light that's an inch lower is now in a different grout line than the other one. And so post adjusting that stuff to get it perfect is, is, is hugely time consuming. And one of the things we see a lot of bad pool work or bad tile work is them kind of bulging eyeballs trying to get around the lights because they're not flush or lights that aren't lined up or somebody changed it after the fact to, to get it centered up and it happened to be the tile guys who didn't make sure it was watertight and everything else and then we have a failure problem so anytime you do an all tile pool it's it's ideally you never want to take a typical pool job and say oh can we change it to all tile after you're through the shot creep process because you haven't paid enough attention yet be very careful once you decide to do this it it, it will highlight every single flaw to the eighth of an inch so you got to be super careful um and the critical stuff and you'll see more of the how critical things are when we start getting into the movable floor system with with jim so yeah uh and and you know we didn't have it on this uh but the other thing uh uh, as well is so many people are starting to add acrylic um, and the acrylic basically an acrylic with an all tile now you have a magnifying glass uh, and so if you're looking through an acrylic panel and you've got an all tile wall on the other side you're going to see every single flaw you're going to see anything that is a problem uh, because that acrylic is is essentially magnifies everything so <laughs> I know that's becoming you know a lot more popular with acrylic uh, is just another thing to think about um, as you're as you're starting to jump into some of these higher uh, higher budget higher more expensive um, projects and and expectations so um, so we were pushing on this um, for uh, the client had a two-year-old daughter and um, uh, I believe this uh, we we were pushing for a legitimate birthday. Um, and like I said, you know, everybody always has some sort of a party. Uh, this client actually did. Um, they, they were bringing in, as we were buttoning up, they were bringing in some of the party things and we got it done just in time, uh, but we, we were pushing very hard to get it done. Um, but all of this fencing here, um, we knew that it was going to be quite a while uh, to get through the permit process for the spa. Uh, and it actually ended up being, I believe this was uh, July or August. Um, 
I think it was July. Um, uh, and we did not end up breaking ground on the spa until January, like late January. Uh, so this project sat for a good six or eight months while we worked our way through the permitting process. Uh, and with a two-year-old, um, you know, they were concerned with safety because off the backside here, um, is basically just a cliff uh, to where the, the phase two was going to happen. Um, and knowing that that phase two was gonna take some time, uh, they really spent some, some time and money to make a nice fence that they were gonna live with for a while. Um, so I wanna uh, really kind of bring Tom in at this point. Um, uh, it, we did, we integrated two details here and I'm gonna kind of tear them apart a little bit. Uh, so we have, kind of your standard detail um, that many of the pool cover manufacturers uh, do. Um, and that's this hidden leading edge detail. Um, pool covers, you know, they all just by their very nature, they have to have this uh, big aluminum bar um, across the front, um, which uh, captures the vinyl and, and that's what pulls the cover and deploys it as it comes across the pool. Uh, and, and when, when you, to me, I would never do a non-hidden leading edge. Um, I just don't like the look of having this bar sticking up here above, uh, above the track and everything. I just feel like it looks unfinished. Um, I've never done one. Every time I come into a pull cover job and I see that, it's like, ah, uh, you know, it could have been so much better. Um, and this detail is really not all that difficult. Uh, yeah, there are a couple things that you have to think about, but um, you know, essentially you've got your beam here. We actually typically do ours at 12 inches to give us a little bit more um, ability to tuck everything back up underneath. Um, <laughs> but to me, if you're gonna be working on pool covers, um, this detail, it just, it, it's the finishing touch on it, um, and it, it, it really helps. And then, uh, and I know, Tom, um, you guys are actually now, uh, this is an older drawing, but you have the option to do a square bar. Uh, so why don't you talk us through this detail a little bit and some of the, some of the things that you, guys, that you see guys doing wrong when we're, they're integrating this detail. Yeah, okay, thank you, Dave. Um, yeah, the, um, you know, inverting the lead bar, there's really not a whole lot of technology there per se. Um, we're just basically installing the leading edge bar upside down and, and attaching it to the bottom of the slider. The slider is the black carrier that runs up and down the track. Um, some of the problems that we see in that type of application is um, um, the water level being too high and that lead bar, you know, being in the... Um, being in the water, you'll you'll get uh, corrosion, oxidization. So you have to be uh, aware of that coming in and set your skimmers accordingly uh, to drop that. It, it you know as opposed to a typical cover, um, you uh, where, with the lead bar was on. Um, it's kind of an older traditional fashion. You're only dropping the water level of about one inch more than uh, you know um, the standard. Let's say so um, that's something to be aware of. Um, also, and then having the notch correctly back where the where the leading edge bar will now park in its garage, in a sense. So um, you want to get it off the you know um, the uh, vertical plane of, of the pool. So having it back far enough so it does tuck back completely. So if a swimmer comes up, they don't have any interference there. Um, but for 40 years, we've had a round bar and still use a round bar. And as we um, got into our lift lid component, we um, we decided to add a square bar to it um, and it, uh, not for any performance or operational uh, um, improvements. It was uh, aesthetically driven. So I have a flat face on there. We've actually um, on our trade show displays and we had one client that did it. They actually applied the perimeter tile, you know, to the face of that lead bar as well. And so in effect, completely hiding that. Um, but um you know, for, for construction challenges is, yeah, making sure that that lead bar is, is out of the water and um, having that notch correct. So you... Um, and then rolling this back edge too. You don't want to have, you don't want to be dragging your cover across right. a, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's pretty standard detail too. A little reveal there. You don't want a real sharp, you know, hard, uh, hard 90 in there. And sometimes really, I, you see the tile is run even too far, you know, back into the cover housing and not trimmed back. So, um, and that, that can negatively affect your uh, deployment of the cover. 
Yep. So um, I put these pictures in here just to, uh, you know, so there's your vault detail um, uh, coming in with the side here. Uh, one of the nice things uh, that I love about the Aquamatic system um, is that you guys, your covers are all hydraulic. I have always just, uh, to me, the idea of putting a 110 volt motor in a pit immediately next to the pool that just, I've never been a fan of that. Uh, so, um, you know, with the Aquamatic, you've got your motor assembly and everything, uh, but it's all, um, you know, we, we, we come out here uh, and, and run um, inch and a half to, uh, I think on this one, um, we ran a pair of inch and a half lines uh, and then we swept them over and, and back down in the vault. Um, is where we were going to house the the pump mechanism, uh, and so all you're doing is pulling hydraulic lines through there, uh, and and it makes it to me it's a much safer um, overall uh, situation. Um, I put this picture in there again. We we saw it earlier, but you don't normally see when you have a pool cover. Um, you know, usually the water's in here, and you can't normally tell how that kind of the garage, as you called it, where the, uh, where the leading edge bar will park. Uh, and so I really liked that photo. So one of the challenges um, that I have always experienced is um, this is the entry of the pool. And uh, on, on your traditional uh, system, you've got a little bit of springiness um, as you come across here. Um, you know, we will add extra brackets in that, uh, but for whatever reason, clients always want to put this big, giant, super heavy stone on there, uh, and um, it, it, it it's it's always hard to get this system completely free of any movement, any springiness, any anything, and that just gets accentuated when uh, when you're coming across here. This is the main entry of the pool, and so you guys um, have developed this lift lid technology. Uh, so why don't you walk through a little bit um, kind of how the lift lid works and how it solves that problem. Sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, just going back to, you know, an extended bracket again, there's no technology there and the gusset can only carry so far. So if you're extending out 22, 24, 26 inches at the end, you've now created like a diving board because it's unsupported. So um we didn't like, you could have the best engineering cover with the best swimming pool in the world and the client's going to stand out at the end of that lid and they're going to feel that movement like that and they, they don't like that. So um, we thought about how can we support the lid and so what this uh, lift lid does, it actually rests on the lower bond beam of the pool. And so now we've, we've eliminated you know, that, that springiness because we're actually resting uh, on the beam. So on that, on that higher notch there in behind the first notch where the leading edge yeah, right here, that, that secondary notch, we put a piece of, um, of um, um, Delrin across there and that the, the cover slides across that. And then uh, the cover is sandwiched between the lid as it comes down. So you can literally, yeah, let me, let me scroll ahead. Uh, you can kind of see, uh, you can kind of see. So, yeah, there's your Delrin right there that sits on the beam of the pool. And then, um, you know, this is obviously before the vinyl is in there. Uh, but here's your brackets. And then the brackets have this, um, is that Delrin as well? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, and so in the in the closed position, when, when, the, when the system is not actuating, um, literally the vinyl is, is right here in this joint between. And so now the entire, all of your trays, everything are literally resting on this lower piece. Um, but that's that, you know, so are you essentially tearing the cover and your the cover is sliding? Uh, that's where the lift lid really kind of comes in. Yes. Yeah, so, um, um, you know, we're, you could actually drive a truck on there that, you know, because it's, you know, it's, it's full contact. And we, while we call it the lift lid, it actually doesn't lift. It pivots to the left there. You can see at the top of the, the bracket, there is a, um, there's a shoulder bolt through there. And at the bottom of that vertical bracket, we use these hydraulic rams, these pushers. And um, as these uh, pushers, as they engage, they, there's a bar that goes across the bottom and it, pushes all the way across the bottom uniformly so that the entire lid, regardless of its length, will all lift in, in, in uniform. And 
Um, one of the things that's, you know, because we're a safety cover manufacturer, so we're always thinking safety, safety, we don't actually lift the lid very high. We actually only lift it up maybe a, a quarter to three eighths of an inch. And the reason why we do that is we didn't want to create any pinch points around the outside of the lid for, you know, little fingers or little toes to be there. So the, the lid basically rotates, tips up, allows the cover then to pass freely. And, um, and how this kind of came about, we use the technology that we use on our Hydrolux, it's a different cover system, but we have ones that deploy out of the floor. And that uh, we took that technology that we had with our hydraulic sequencing valves. Every, nothing's done electronically, everything is fluid driven. And so when the, when the lid lifts up and then it redirects through the manifold, through the brain, and then sends the fluid down to the cover drum and actually in the cover. And when it gets to the other end, again, all through the manifold, then the lid gently drops back down um, and uh, gives you that uh, walking surface, which in this pool is ideal because again, that's the entry point of the pool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's three eighths of an inch. It just barely lifts up just a little bit to, de to alleviate any pressure on it. And then it allows the, the cover to deploy. Um, so you can see here, that's the, that's the black piece that you were uh, seeing in some of the photos. Uh, and the red is, uh, that's the actual vinyl itself. So, um, you know, there's your black there, the vinyl in between, and obviously you can't see underneath uh, what this whole uh, system is resting on. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it, it, it's a very clean look. Uh, and again, this is cover installed, everything. Uh, the leading edge bar is sitting back in here. Uh, it, it's completely back out of the way. Um, you don't see it. Um, and, and that's why I like going with uh, a 12 inch uh, because it actually allows us to tuck this leading edge bar even a little bit further back into the garage, back into the shadows, uh, and it becomes much, much less noticeable. Uh, but you can see the square bar here, um, just a nice detail. It's, it's nice and clean and um, yeah, I'm, I'm real happy with this system. One um, interesting byproduct, it was never something we thought about until afterwards, because now we've created a seal at the end, you know, if there's a lot of uh, um, uh, bather swimmers, you know, and, and a traditional under track application, you can get a lot of splash over, over the lowered bond beam into the cover housing and that goes out to waste. Um, now with, the, with those two Delrin pieces there, we've actually created a dam, so you actually have no water loss going through the cover housing anymore. And that was just a kind of an interesting byproduct of that design. So I can't use that as my overflow for the pool anymore? <laughs> no, that's at the other end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, here you can see, uh, so we're, we're getting close to wrapping up the pool here. Uh, this is that detail that I forgot to bring a bigger photo out of. Uh, that's the uh, little trap door that you open that and back in behind there is the connection for the pool vacuum. Uh, since this was an infinity edge detail, we actually didn't put skimmers on here because the edge along the back acted as the skimmer. Um, this is not a light. Uh, a client asked uh, to have two speakers in there. I wish we had better options for uh, hiding speakers, uh, but that is, uh, that is what we've got available now. Um, Filled back up, uh, this is the most intriguing color pool I've ever seen. Um, it's... I was not expecting this, uh, and, and it's just this bluish green. It, it, it's This doesn't do it justice, because when you walk in, it's so unique. It's like nothing that I've ever seen before, um, and, and just really, really impressed. Uh, you can kind of make out that we've got the, uh, the little uh, pieces of plastic. You can see it better on this middle one. Uh, just blocking that damn wall, because we were not having the infinity edge detail working until round two. So uh, that was the end of, uh, of phase one of construction. Uh, client had the birthday party. Uh, everything went off well. Um, we were still working on, on permitting uh, and they enjoyed this for uh, that entire summer. And then once we got the permitting issues done, we got them done just after Thanksgiving. Uh, they decided that they did not want to have us uh, start through the holiday season. So we started uh, just after the first of the year. Um, so I want to go back. Uh, so the, now we're going to move into the spa phase. Um, 
the the client as I before mentioned, we go there, Dave, before we go yeah. there, I want to, we, we often get people kind of question how can we can spend so much money on, I mean, if you look at this pool after the fact in quick fashion, it's a basic, 50, you know, 16 by 30 yeah. rectangular pool with a few steps in it. Oh, and they put tile in it. Like when you start paying attention to the details, the finish quality, it is not a basic pool with some tile thrown at it. And when you put all those little details together and you do them correctly, and you spend the time to get it right and you put you know some of the more most expensive type cover systems because they perform the best and you do all the tight details right and you end up with a cover lid system that doesn't bounce up and down and the, and the stones don't move around like it takes a immense amount of extra time extra effort and quite a bit more money and that's how you can easily spend a million dollars in somebody's backyard on a swimming pool and i don't know what the price of this pool is at all but the point being is it the details that it takes to get to this quality level are immense. And then we're going to take that and we're going to make it exponentially even more complicated because now we're going to take our tolerances to a tighter level to start working with a Jim Farrell system so we can start moving floors. And so the idea that, that building simple pools can be, is it can't be that expensive and we don't need designers and we don't need all these critical details. It is immense what it would take if you didn't have that stuff done right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even get into this corner detail, uh, all of this stone lifts. Uh, and so how these corners came together, this piece, this corner square piece, and then this other piece with the lift lid and the radius bull nose and everything. Um, there's hours spent just drawing this corner and then, uh, you know, the fabrication of milling it and everything. I mean, that that, I don't even want to guess how much how expensive that corner piece was. But again, when you're when you're you're working on these estate properties that are 20, 30, 70 million dollars, the clients know what they like and they know what they want and they know what's good and what's bad and you can't really fudge it. And they also have the bandwidth to bury you. Um, and so, uh, if you're, if you're not ready to jump in there, um, you know, you, you may have second thoughts and yeah, you know, uh, it, it, as a traditional pool, um, you know, 80, 90, hundred thousand dollars. I don't know. This could have been, uh, but this was definitely many multiples of that. Um, by the time it was all said and done.